Sales win rates have plummeted to a mere 17%, and outdated technology and tedious manual processes are to blame. Meanwhile, managers lack the visibility they need to hold their teams accountable. But imagine a world in which these crippling issues are solved automatically. Revenue.io automates the most frustrating parts of sales so reps can focus on what they do best, selling. Completely automate pre-call research, logging conversation data in your CRM, writing post-conversation recap emails, and prioritized outreach. And as reps book more meetings and close more deals, managers gain the real-time insight they need to scale what's working across their entire team. Ready to say goodbye to tedious sales processes and watch your win rate soar? Head over to Revenue.io to learn more. It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hi, and welcome to the show. Today, my guest is Chris Beal, CEO of Connect and Sell, that provides one of my favorite sales tools. Now, I've been waiting for a company to come along that would crack the code in terms of what I wrote about in my book, Zero Time Selling, meaning that some sort of tool that would enable companies to transform some of their basic sales processes, such as prospecting and lead follow-up, so that they would take place in zero time or almost instantly happen. And also tools that would reduce to zero the amount of wasted sales hours that account execs and SDRs have in their day where they're not talking to prospects. So Chris is going to break down for us how they do that. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, Andy. So rather than have me you know, read some standard biographical info about you, why don't you take a second to tell us about yourself, what do you do, and how did you get started in sales? Sure, Andy. Well, I'm uh, currently CEO of Connect and Sell. Um, I've actually uh, been in the technology world for a long time, building software companies of, of different sorts, mostly in the enterprise. And I got started in sales, well, in a way, way back when, when I started my first business when I was 13 years old. And, of course, you have to go around and, and sell that. It was kind of a, you know, we'll do anything at your house business. But I think my first serious sales job was as a fuller brushman selling door-to-door in Arizona. A fuller brushman? So, I mean, gosh, you don't hear about that very often. No, Not these days, uh, at least. Yeah, you sure don't. In fact, I didn't, uh, at the time I took the job, I, I wasn't aware that there was such a thing. And uh, it was a situation where I needed to get a job quickly. I was moving from Arizona to Colorado and needed to make some money in the meantime. And uh, what I found was that this job that everybody thought was, uh, was terribly difficult, selling door-to-door in Phoenix in the summer, could really be broken down into some pieces that if you followed them sort of logically, you could be pretty successful. And uh, I had a great time doing it. I mean, this so, was the classic door-to-door sales job. I mean, you're selling consumer like cleaning products, right? Absolutely. To, to people that are at home during the day. People who have opened a door into a 115-degree day and are losing about a dollar a minute of air <laughs> So you are selling, give an example, I mean, because good portion of our audience have no idea what Fuller Brush people did. Oh, so we had a big, big product line, um, which I didn't bother to learn. Uh, so I, I took a different approach. But the products included everything from brushes, hardly surprising for the Fuller Brush company, to uh, various kinds of cleaning supplies. We had a, uh, 
an insect and spider spray that would actually kill black widow spiders, which in Arizona is a really a good thing to have around, especially if you've just moved there from Ohio. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, we had these this big range of products, and I determined fairly quickly that attempting to sell them on the first uh, the first contact on the knock on the door was not feasible at all. But I could certainly ask people whether I could do some research for them. And if I found a product that I thought really fit, could I come back and waste five minutes of their time? And that had a very, very high hit rate. And one thing led to another. I ended up selling 14 products out of the line of hundreds or thousands and, uh, and doing quite well. So you offered to them. This is a great thing to, to hear about you. So your opening gambit was you just want to find out about their needs. And having learned about their needs, if you happen to come across a you know, during the rest of your travels, you're selling, you happen to come across a solution that would fit their needs, you want the permission to come back and talk to them. That was exactly right. I only did it because I couldn't think of any anything bigger to close. That was the biggest close I could imagine. And I went off and did the actual research. I found uh, products for each of my seven demographics. I found two products for each, one very inexpensive, one more expensive. The more expensive one you'd have to buy a lot of if you really wanted to use it. And um, kind of pointed out that I wasn't going to be around uh, every week. <laughs> so maybe it'd be a good idea to, uh, to buy a little bit more. And it worked out quite well. And I think people were very happy to have somebody think about what they needed rather than just sell them what they had. I love it. I absolutely love it. So by training, educational training, you're a physicist. So how'd you end up running a software company that's focused on you know, transforming the speed at which sales reps can engage with their prospects? Well, I think that uh, I think a lot of people who come through the world of physics and math uh, education end up in the software business, mostly because it's kind of like what Willie Sutton said, at least apocryphally, about robbing banks. It's where the money is. And there's not a huge amount of money in physics, and you've got to make a living. Uh, for me, it was another piece, too, which is I discovered very early on that the technical side was appealing. But what really got me excited was when people bought and used the things that I was building, the software that I was building, or even had anything to do with. And so, you know, I split pretty quickly from just being a technical guy to being the technical guy who tended to be there asking for the order. That's a great, great skill to have. I mean, I've, I've always claimed that the best salespeople I've ever, I've ever worked with and ever seen are people that bring that technical experience, technical know-how to the sales arena. Well, I think it's very valuable, but it's also interesting how uh, the flip side is there, which is how few people who have the technical chops actually bother to learn about how to sell. It's almost a disdain among the technical community for uh, the science of selling, for selling being something that has intellectual rigor to it, that you can learn, that there's more to it than you know just being a, a fast talker. Yeah, well, I've, I sort of made a sub-career out of taking people out of technical fields and training them to become salespeople. And really, I found the key was to explain to them that really this job is a service profession. You know, the customer is trying to meet certain objectives and they're looking to you for the information to be able to help them make the right decision. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I believe that deeply. I also believe the customer is looking to you for comfort in the, the decision that they may have already made inside, but they're not quite willing to bring that decision out until they feel confident that somebody who knows more than they do has their best interests at heart. Right, and provides them some form of validation. Yeah, exactly. In fact, I've found that's the consistent uh, sort of missing step. Technical people will tend to end with the information, and salespeople often will skip the information part. 
Yeah, it's interesting. You know, the the perspective changes or perspective uh, biases, let's say, that are held on both sides of the equation. Technical people serve this bias against getting into sales because, again, they think they need to be this fast talker pushing things onto buyers that they don't need. And then on the sales side, you have sales leaders, sales managers who think technical people somehow are missing this mythical personality traits that enable them to be able to get along with people. Yes, or, or worse, that they'll go into a meeting and tell the, the truth at an inconvenient time and ruin everything. <laughs> and they're both myths in both directions. It, they're both, they're, they are. They're, the truth is not somewhere in between. I think the truth is in the combination. You know, most products nowadays, valuable products, have got uh, technical characteristics to them. There's very little that's being sold nowadays that uh, that is high value. If you go out and uh, you were even to buy a, a you know a nice car right now, right, and you wanted a you know something interesting like a Tesla, that's a pretty technical product, and mm -hmm. you certainly feel better um, feeling like the person who's selling it to you has an understanding of what is technically valuable about it and how that might help you, and then maybe. Also, what you ought to look out for. I think that's the other side that, again, sales managers or salespeople often feel, wow, these technical people are saying too much. But, you know, it said right. Um, that little warning uh, shows that you're on the, the prospect side, that you're willing to help them out. Right, that you're trying to help them make a good decision. And, exactly. Yeah, and that's really what, that's what selling is really about. I mean, selling is about helping the customer make a good decision. And in most cases, if you do a good job, it'll be the right decision to buy your product. But as you said, there are, there are opportunities to screw it up. But, you know, technical people have that wellspring of knowledge that can oftentimes help the customer get to the finish line more quickly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, well, I see, yeah, I see sales as often a team game. And I see the sales culture as often a non-team culture. And one of the biggest gaps that I see, and, and it has to do with this, Technical and it's not just technical, it could be financial people, but somebody with special knowledge is very comfortable in a space teaming with someone who is going to be handling a lot of the process side, the nuts and bolts of getting from A to B. You know, I think that's in sales. It's, it's a, a team I think is often played as an individual sport to the detriment of the, of the uh, company that's trying to do the selling. Great. So when you're at Connect and Sell, I mean, what are the problems that, and maybe the person who founded Sean, who founded Connect and Sell, what was the problems they saw in sales that weren't being addressed? I mean, what was the impetus to really come up with this product? Well, it's interesting. The impetus to come up with the product was actually uh, the challenge of calling a fairly substantial list of folks and wanting to talk to somebody in a list of 100 people or so. And the person who came up with it didn't have Connect and Sell had decided to divide the list into, I think it was six or eight parts and give each chunk of the list to a different person to do the calling. And they were calling from India, I believe, back to the U.S. Anyway, uh, each person was instructed to call the next number, but to hold their finger next to the number in the name, and then just to hold the phone up, not say anything, if they managed to navigate through the phone system and do all the things that are required to get to somebody. And uh, by holding the phone up and pointing the finger at the right place, the principal, the person who really wanted to speak you know, to, to the people on the list, could just grab the phone, look where the finger was, and say, um, you know, hi, Andy, this is, uh, you know, whoever it happened to be. And so, <laughs> the system, like I can envision that in a big call center, people raising their hands and people rushing around to grab the phones. Exactly. So this was done around a table. It was only, I think, six or eight people. But it, it, uh, it gave birth to the idea that there are two distinct 
kinds of tasks when it comes to getting into a sales conversation remotely. One is the task of everything from dialing all the way up to identifying the individual and that most of the time that task leads to a dead end called voicemail or something worse. And the other is the actual task of the sales conversation. And the whole idea of Connect and Sell is to strictly divide those tasks from each other so that one task, the one of navigating and so forth, can be done by technology with people helping it along and yet never have a sales conversation, not even a word within that, that uh, combination of technology and that kind of person. And the other task can be the salesperson's task, which, you know, as when I read your book, uh, Zero Time Selling, I thought, well, this is talking exactly to us. We believe the salesperson should just have conversations. And if you can reduce to zero time, the time to have the next conversation, that'd be great. And so what Connect and Sell does is just divides the tasks up into one that's done in parallel, in the background, by technology and people. And that task has no sales component to it, no sales value. It's just the mechanics, including talking to gatekeepers, asking for transfers, but also identifying voicemail and hanging up on it, navigating a, a phone tree, working a dial-by-name directory. A whole bunch of stuff needs to be done, none of which is selling. Mm -hmm. And so let's get to the selling. That's the idea. Let's get to the selling and let's get there now. So what your system does then is that you, if you let's say have a big list of five thousand names, it's gonna go through and dial those those names and those numbers on that list. And if let's say a person picks up, then you've got a team member somewhere who actually is gonna then do that navigation to get either through the gatekeeper or to the person you need to speak to. Yes, exactly, exactly. The system is gonna take care of all of the management of the dials and uh, all of the um, and and with the assistance of people. Uh, specialized trained people who have uh, have special technology in front of them that remembers every phone number, every person that we've called before, how to navigate to them, and so forth. That that uh, that system is going to take care of everything that needs to be done, with the exception of the conversation. So the salesperson is just left having the conversation. So the sales rep, inside sales rep, sitting there at their desk, they get a notice that hey, we've got somebody to talk to. As soon as they finish, or even before they finish, there could be another one popping up, right? Uh, well, there, it's more under the sales rep's control than that. So what happens is the sales rep sits down to the connect and sell system. It's called lightning because it strikes like lightning. It's fast and hot. Mm -hmm. And they dial into the to a phone number that they've been given. So they log into the system, which is just a web-based application, dial a phone number that they're given and put a few numbers in to identify themselves pick a list of people they want to talk to. Everybody's favorite is their follow-up list, which Connect and Sell will manage for them automatically. That's where all the money is. But any list could be a cold list, a you know, post-event, whatever. And then literally all the salesperson does, and I mean literally in the old sense, not the modern sense, which means figuratively, <laughs> literally all the salesperson does is clicks a big green button that says go, and they wait, and they wait. Normally, they're doing other work while they're waiting. They're over on another screen, but then beep, there's a tone in their ear. There's a big old contact card. It looks like a big business card that pops up on the screen, and they're talking to somebody who's on their list. And then when they're finished with that conversation, they answer a few questions. Very simple. Their CRM gets updated, and then the system goes back to work for them. So it doesn't really work uh, unless they push the button. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, we're going to take a short break here and we'll come back. We're going to talk more about Connect and Sell. My guest today is Chris Beal, CEO of Connect and Sell. 
and he's going to share with us some more of his tips for how you can quickly amp up your sales when we get back. Hi, this is Andy. Connect and Sell is used by sales reps at nearly a thousand companies, including hundreds of technology startups and several Fortune 500 companies, to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone. Companies using Connect and Sell grow their revenues faster by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect and Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps, or you can take advantage of their outbound on-demand service, which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales reps' calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect and Sell can start filling your pipeline today. Welcome back. My guest today is Chris Beal. Chris is CEO of Connect and Sell. Chris, uh, how can people find out more about Connect and Sell? Well, there's the obvious, which is going to the website. I think that's actually inferior to having a conversation because we're all about conversations. But if you do go to our website and you were to fill out the, the uh, you know, I want to talk to you form, the magic that happens in the background is one of our Connect and Sell sales representatives will, without any effort at all, be uh, in a conversation with you pretty soon, normally within a couple of minutes. So uh, that's one way to find out, um, and that one works pretty well. When you come right down to it, this is what I call an experience product. That is, it's like a roller coaster or a race car or a chainsaw even. You think you know it from the description and you can read all about it, but it's not like a regular SaaS product which takes information from you, squirrels it away in a database and maybe you know offers you some reporting and analytics and so forth. I mean, it's an experience. You push that button and you're going to talk to somebody. And uh, I've recorded heart rates of as high as 160 beats a minute when somebody sits down the first time because it's pretty exciting to be in command of who you're going to the fact that you're going to talk to somebody next and who it is of course it's going to be somebody on your list I'm not talking to Andy I'm talking to somebody on a list that includes Andy but it's the experience that really counts and we try to make sure that we get to the level of somebody having that experience as soon as possible in the conversation once they get the, the basic idea Right, and I think one of the things that's most significant, at least about as I believe about Connect and Sell, is that in the application is that it sort of changes the turns the ratios on the head for inside sales, where instead of maybe making fifty dials a day and getting, you know, five conversations and maybe a couple appointments out of that for demos, is this inside sales rep Connect and Sell could really have fifty conversations a day. They could be doing a thousand plus dials a day. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it turns those numbers completely upside down. So when you when you look at the math of inside sales, it's dominated by the labor of basically not talking to somebody, <laughs> especially if somebody is dialing. That is, if you're dialing manually or you're dialing with the power dialer, you'll be lucky to get to 100 dials a day. You'll be lucky to have four or five conversations. So the dial-to-connect ratio in the great wide world right now is about 23 to 1. About 23 dials are required to get a person on the phone on your list. And that's very, very daunting with all that navigation and so forth. With Connect and Sell, you push a button and you talk to somebody, and that's about it. So we have reps in our own office uh, who are working for Connect and Sell and also working for clients who are routinely having more than 1,000 dials per day done for them. They don't do any of the dials themselves. They're routinely having 50 or 60 or 70 sales conversations in a day. And the most important thing is they're having a blast doing it. It makes a job that people no longer think is a fun job. Kind of like door-to-door sales, actually. When you <laughs> sort of like door-to-door right? sales, right. 
<laughs> right? It's kind of like that, that inside sales, uh, you know, has this cold calling, boiler room sort of a feel that people have about it. Well, rapid, yet, rapid burnout feel. Rapid burnout feel, exactly. And I had uh, somebody just the other day who was actually a, a vice president of sales at a company who tried Connect and Sell for the first time for about four hours. And what he said was, you know the most remarkable thing? You know how your batteries, you know, you get up in the morning and your, your emotional, physical, uh, intellectual batteries are charged and you're ready to go. He said, I was four hours on Connect and Sell. I thought I'd be exhausted. And I was more amped up. I was more excited. I had, I had more energy than I had before I started. And I know that's hard for people to believe. It's like, are you kidding? Cold calling or calling people, you know, who aren't waiting for your call? Well, it turns out it's all the dialing and the navigation and the frustration of ending up nowhere over and over. That's the problem. Not really talking to prospects. Good salespeople love to talk to prospects all day long. Well, and it helps them get better. I mean, that's the thing that, to me, that's one of the most significant things about the impact of, of a company using Connect and Sell is that their inside reps are getting repetition in a way they never did before. And how else are you going to get better unless you actually having real conversations? Uh, exactly. And how are you going to get better unless you're being coached? You know, we, uh, I look at it as sales is a very, very athletic business, which is one of the reasons that attracts a lot of athletes <laughs> to, to come and be salespeople. And yet nobody would be a professional athlete, which a salesperson is. They're a professional athlete without getting professional coaching. It's so impractical to coach somebody who's talking to somebody three, four times a day. But if you've got 50 at-bats, you can have another pair of eyes, another pair of ears on those at-bats, and you can be listening for the little stuff that can make a big difference. And that's really where the action is. What happens in that first eight seconds? What happens in that next 27 seconds? Do you close for the referral? Do you close for the meeting? There's a whole bunch of stuff that you can get to at 50 conversations a day. You just can't get to practically at three or four or five conversations a day. I love it. So last question for you about Connect and Sell is, is I love a, a phrase I've heard you use. You talk about uh, use the product to x-ray an organization with conversation. So tell the audience what you mean by that. Yeah, it's funny, but I thought this up uh, when I was writing an article on the anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic, and there were all these all these pieces I was reading to prepare to write this article that kind of implied it was the arrogance of the captain, it was the design of the boat, it was this, it was that, it was luck. It was the lack of radar. They couldn't see through the fog, <laughs> you know? So they were just there too early before the invention of radar. And that's the way I see Connect and Sell is like, a, a like X-ray or, you know, like radar for an organization. Why just take a guess and call one person if you can call somebody in a big company especially, have a conversation, get that referral to who the right person is, and now all of your calls become warm because they come off of referrals. Again, why do people not do it? Because it just takes too long to do. What if you could have 50 conversations a day inside of big code? that you're selling to 50 conversations with different people how much would you learn oh the answer is there's no way your competition can keep up with you if you're the one having the 50 conversations with 50 different people every day in that big organization you're trying to sell to yeah i mean you'd know the anatomy to take the medical ex ex example you'd know the anatomy of that organization and the anatomy of that deal in a way that your competitors wouldn't in a very short time uh, exactly and it's a runaway process because the more you learn 
the more contacts you have, the more referrals you have, the faster you're going to learn because you're going to know more people to talk to. Exactly. I love it. Great stuff. So we're going to jump into a different segment of the show. I've got some sort of random questions to ask you about sales and so on. And uh, the first one takes a little bit longer answer. The second ones you can, after that, you can answer with one word if you want to. So first question for you is a hypothetical scenario I pose to all my guests. You've been hired as a new sales manager at a company whose sales are a little stalled, a little stagnant, and upper management's really, really has a sense of urgency about getting that ship turned around. So what are the two things you could do in the first week that would have the biggest impact? Well, the number one thing that I would do as a new sales manager is I'd take off my manager hat, I'd put on my rep hat, and I'd start selling. I think it's very, very difficult to manage uh, sensibly in a company where you don't understand in your gut the value prop, that you don't understand why it is that people buy and why they don't buy. And so I'd get in the seat and I'd start selling. Now, if I were fortunate enough to have Connect and Sell, I'd probably have 200 conversations in that week and I'd know an awful lot. So that would be thing number one. Mm -hmm. Thing number two is I would listen to my reps and I would get myself an answer to the question, who here really gets it? Because in every organization, whether it's sales or anything, you know, it's always somebody who really has nailed it. Not always the big star, mm -hmm. it's some, but it's somebody who has been thought, was thinking through the process. You, they, they've got it, and somebody needs to ask them the question: If you, if I hand you a magic wand and let you change any one thing about this company, what would you change? And you need to hand them that magic wand and listen really carefully to the answer. I love it. Great advice from Chris Beal, CEO of Connect and Sell. Next question for you. So what's the most powerful sales tool in your arsenal? Well, the most powerful sales tool that I can think of is, is the hardest one to get a hold of, which is uh, thoughtful empathy. It's very, very hard to get a hold of that combination of being on the other person's side, but not giving up your intellect, not giving up your ability to actually help them think stuff through. Who's your sales role model? Wow, I never had one. I never had one. You know, as a fuller brush man, it certainly wasn't any it wasn't my fuller brush sales manager. <laughs> that's that's for sure. I ended up learning sales by doing, although I read an awful lot. Harvey McKay's books always blew me away as a kid. I started reading his stuff when I was probably ten or eleven years old. And I always thought, here's a guy that I think would succeed anywhere because of his ability to recognize what people really need and then to do the hard work to make sure they got it. Okay, well, I'll follow up that with what's the one book then that every salesperson should read? Oh, no, this, this, is, a, this is a tough one. I think salespeople should read a lot more broadly than they do. And um, I, I'm going to recommend a book out of the physics world as an old physics guy. So there's a biography that was uh, an autobiography written by Richard Feynman back, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. back a while ago. And the title of it is, I believe, surely you're joking, Mr. Feynman. It is, yes. And uh, I, I recommend that anybody in business read that and think very carefully about what does it mean to think about something independently and to act on your convictions. Great recommendation. So what's the favorite music you have to listen to to psych yourself up for an important sales call? You know, I don't listen to music when I'm working. So... Um, my work situation when I'm not at the office, and I don't go to the office very often, there are no customers at the office last I checked, is uh, I listen to the birds that my wife has kindly provided in my workplace, which is uh, up in the Redwoods uh -huh. in the Santa Cruz Mountains. And so it's white-breasted nuthatches and chestnut-backed chickadees 
and uh, dark-eyed juncos and a whole bunch of birds that my wife knows the names of that I don't. And, uh, you know, what, what gets me, it's not listening to them, it's watching them. You watch animals working continuously to solve the problem of staying alive in the wild, and you realize that you've got to bring a lot of that attitude to your work life and especially to sales situations. I love it. Great answer. A unique answer as well. I'll tell you, a unique answer. So what's the first sales activity you do every day? I read. Somewhere between 4 and 5 in the morning, I skim all the email that I have just to see if there's anything out there to to be responded to. And then I go out to LinkedIn, actually, and I read uh, a bunch of stuff, some of it being yours, <laughs> which is excellent stuff. But I try, to read, I try to read broadly while my mind is still open and fresh after a night's sleep. In order to, uh, it's important to me in sales to, to keep from locking down prematurely on what I think is a solution. And I find that reading for about an hour in the morning, and not all sales-oriented stuff. I mm -hmm. read Nature Magazine, for instance, read about the latest and greatest in the world of, of biotech or whatever. And uh, it, it kind of opens me up for the day. I love it. Great advice from Chris Beal, who's been our guest today. Chris is CEO of Connect and Sell. And Chris, once again, just tell people how they can get hold of you. Sure. The site is www.connectandsell.com. Um, I'm easy to get a hold of, chris.beal at connectandsell.com. Hey, I even put up a billboard once that has led to a video that had my cell phone number. You want to call me? It's 408-203-4321. And uh, it's an interesting thing to learn about Connect and Sell. It's come ride the roller coaster. Excellent. Well, I recommend people that have the the need that they absolutely go do that. So remember everybody, thank you for joining us. Make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your sales. And if you listen to the show today, I believe we helped you with that. So until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com. Hey, sales strategists. At Revenue.io, we're not just imagining the future of sales. We're building it. We offer the world's most complete platform for revenue teams, and we're featured in the most recent Forrester Waves for both sales engagement and conversation intelligence. With Revenue.io, you can slash call prep time to seconds, guide your reps in real time to have more successful conversations, and after calls, we generate ready-to-send recap emails so sellers can keep deals soaring toward the finish line at light speed. See the future of sales now at Revenue.io.